Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo, and hello, everybody. Mike Moynihan here. Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I am so excited about the the, uh, interview that you're about to listen to and or watch if you're watching on YouTube. I got to talk to Bobby, who's the chairman, CEO, founder of VCP, Vintage Card Prices. And it is something that I have recently started using, known about it for years and years. And we get into all things about how it started and you're you're really going to love it. But before it starts, I really wanted to tell you guys about a cool opportunity. We worked with Bobby and came up with an affiliate deal where he can give you guys an extra month of a year-long subscription. If you go do that, if you go sign up on vintagecardprices.com, you can get an extra month on a 12-month subscription. And so that's a really great deal. You have to use the promo code BENCHCLEAR. And if you do that, again, you'll get 13 months for the price of 12. So I really encourage you guys to go use it. I've been using it now uh, for several weeks and I have absolutely fallen in love with it. And you're going to hear all about it here right now as I talk to Bobby from VCP. Do you have a valuable card collection, but you put zero effort into storage? Do you keep your cards in a box like this or like this? Something like this, this, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) What are we doing here? You need Pastime Marketplace. Pastime Marketplace is the Mercedes-Benz of sports card storage. The cases come in a variety of sizes. They're waterproof, airtight, dustproof, and extremely durable. If you care about your collection, visit PastimeMarketplace.com and treat your cards to the storage they deserve. Don't forget to use discount code BENCHCLEAR to get 10% off your order. Yo and hello everybody, Mike Moynihan here and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast where I just dive deep into what I consider vintage and not every, I'm learning quickly that I'm not, I'm one guy with one opinion on what vintage is and that's okay, that's that's not the end of the world, but I am super excited about my guest today uh, and we'll get into that in just a second, but you know, first during this holiday season, during this, uh, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and everything, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. I mean, I'm loving doing this podcast. I'm really enjoying following along on how many people are watching and the feedback that I'm getting. I mean, thousands and thousands of you are listening to it on podcasts and YouTube. And so, you know, it's been really great to have this embraced by so many people, just this harebrained idea that I had, you know, six months ago that's now really taking off and it's so much fun. So thank you to everybody that's participating in this. So today's episode is going to be really great. It's 
something that I've known about in the hobby for a really long time, and that's vintage card prices, VCP. We're going to use VCP as the shortened acronym for vintage card prices throughout this episode. And I get to talk today to Bobby, who is the founder and CEO of VCP. I recently just became a subscriber in the past when I have needed a VCP uh, price. Uh, I've always relied on my friends that had subscriptions to call them up and say, hey, I, I, need, I found this card. I'm at a show. What's kind of a range that I need to be looking for? And they would look it up real quick and tell me. And I finally got off the schneid, so to speak, and became a member myself and, and bought a subscription. We'll, we'll go through that a little bit here in a little bit, what that looks like and how that can help you. I'll give you my feedback of what I've enjoyed about it so much so far, just in the first few weeks. I mean, I think I've been on the site darn near constantly in every waking moment that I'm not with my kids, with my wife at my job. All my hobby time has been spent on VCP. And that'll make sense here in a minute of why I'm doing that. So let me go ahead and bring on our guest and let's just start talking. I have so many questions for him and I'm so grateful that he's here. And it's Mr. Bobby from VCP. Well, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm thrilled to have you. And you were incredibly responsive when I, I just shot you an email just thinking, well, he might, I might hear a response in a few weeks. You were incredibly responsive and I greatly appreciate that, by the way. Oh, not a problem. Always trying to drive the hobby and move forward. For sure. Well, let's just dive right into VCP itself. Uh, I want to on on the channel here. I'm going to share my screen real quick. So this is what your website looks like. Cardprices.com. People can go there and sign up, poke around look at all the different things they can do. And I'm finding that some of my questions I'm going to have for you are, are right here. Right. And if you look at those images on top, the, the cards with the Gretzky and stuff, that changes every day because that's connected to our, um, our AMR, which is our market report, daily market report. Which is right here. Right. Yeah. So that's a hot hundred. Those are over time can change sports, you can go cold, meaning obviously going down. Um, so that changes every day, that gets updated daily. Um, if you go down, scroll down, you'll see the, the daily, right there, there's all okay. the gold cards. Nice. And then you can also see total sales, how much volume was yesterday, last month, year to date, uh, current card info, how many, we got 13 million auctions in there, almost 20 million images now. 20 million images, a lot of images. Who adds the images? That was the question I was going to ask and it just came up, so I'll just ask it. The images as far as on the card profile or are you talking yes. about an auction that ends? On a card profile. Uh, we do that in-house. Okay. So, you know, when we get the chance in certain sections and it's got to be a quality image. Gotcha. Because I noticed as I'm putting things into my collection, there are so, there are not very many, but a few that don't have images. And I'm like, well, can I just add an image? So you're seeing up top when you have your My Collection, and then when you look at it, it gives you the, we call the same look is on the website, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a nice feature. Be able to put your thing and then take a screenshot of that and post it. 
yeah. pretty nice stuff. But if, yeah, people, so if people ever send us like report a problem or a request and say, hey, can you please put an image up here? And if there's a quality image there, we'll do it right away for them. Oh, that's cool. So here's the website. People can, there, there'll be on the YouTube video a link to it as well. You can certainly go check it out that way. But talk about where VCP came from. How did it get started? How does it work? Okay. Basically, when I was a kid, I was a big collector. It was kind of something like me and my dad did. This is when I was like 10 to 15 years old. And my dad was a baseball guy from New York. And baseball was his. He, you know, he came from the Bronx, but he was still a Giants fan. So Willie Mays was his guy. Um, but we always talked about baseball. And he told me about the old timers. And that's what got me involved so we got he got a book and it was hall of famers i remember the book and like every night i'd look at it and look at pictures of you know Chesbro and walsh and jennings and ty cobb and all these greats from the golden era this is the you know the true the dead ball era um so it really got me interested in cards um there was a shop called adco that wasn't far i grew up in la and it was in West Hollywood. It was run by a guy named Goody Goldflatten. And he was only open on the weekends. And you go to the shop and you had to make an appointment to go in. And you go in and say, I want Ty Cobb. And then you'd be at this little front area. And he'd go in the back and he would literally bring a fistful of Ty Cobbs in his hand for you to look through to pick what you want. So Ty Cobbs, Tito Sixes were four bucks each. You know, bad condition, you can get one for a dollar. You know, PSA standards now, they probably, you know, grade four, four or fives. Um, same thing, Gowdies, you can get Hall of Famers like Goose Gosselin or Al Simmons. They're all three and four dollar cards. Um, Babe Ruth were 35, Garrick's are 25. Wow. Um, you know, I get 39 play balls, 41 play balls. So I would get only Hall of Famers. That's all I cared about. And, um, that's what I collected when I was a kid. So flash forward, turn 18 before college, and um, I sold my entire collection. God, I wish I had it back. But, <laughs> <laughs> I sold it for like two grand, and it was like a crazy price. And then, you know, after college, later in life, I guess I was in my uh, mid-40s, I started collecting again. So I'm looking online and I'm looking at SMRs and this time I was buying, I wanted to get a T206 set in PSA fives or sixes. And all SMR had on commons was $100 for a five and $110 for a six. So I'm on eBay and I'm putting snipe bids, like all these PSA five commons and PSA six and I didn't win anything, nothing. And I'm thinking like, there's got to be a better way. And that's how we came up with tracking um, realized prices from verifiable data. And we started building the site. Then I sold all my cards. So I needed to be completely anonymous. I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to manipulate prices or do anything in my favor. I own no cards. And um, that's where it started. That was the idea. There was nobody out there that was doing what we were doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, this is 14 years ago. Yeah, so what, 06 you started doing this? Yeah, 06. 
And no five, because for a while there, just a few sets, I was just doing, you know, making sheets, data sheets of certain sets so that we would have some material to upload into the site before it became more uh, automatic. Yeah. So let me kind of tell, I'm going to try to describe it for the podcasting people, but I'm also going to show it on YouTube, kind of show people real quick as an example. So I'm logged in here. Yeah. And it'll uh, always set your name up there. If you know, you're logged in. Yep. Circle. So I'm going to just type in a card. I'm going to, I'm going to type in a card that I own. Uh, Bowman mantle. Okay. So it'll pull up anything that if you put in some keywords, it'll start pulling up a list of things that meet those criteria and you can find the cards pretty easily. And so there's the card. And so here's what a, a splash card, a splash page looks like for a particular card. And you can go down and you can see um, it just has a pic for the people listening. It has a picture of the card. It talks about what category it's in, like what sport, what year, what's the set, how big is the card, the size of it, the number of cards in that set, all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's all there and you can either add it to your collection. You can add it to your want list. Or you can just browse the price history if you're just kind of looking around. And so I own a PSA 5, by the way. So you can go to that grade and it gives you a high price, a low price, and an average price. Correct. And are those, Bobby, uh, on the last 30 days, last 90 days, what is that? The, the average price runs on the past calendar year. And it also depends on how many sales were done in that past year. So once you start getting to 10 or more, um, five or more, it'll start omitting the high sale, low sale, average the three. Then seven or more, it'll be throughout the two highs, two lows, average of three and up to 10. Um, okay. It'll only take the latest 10. Perfect. So it has recent sales history for every grade for PSA, SGC, uh, GAI, and BBG. And then it also has PSA with qualifiers. Correct. So it's literally- There's also, there's also an autograph in the PSA queue. That's correct. And I've used that quite a bit. Right. So, because I have quite a few autographed PSA cards of regular old cards. And so this is- an amazing thing. And then when you click on, let's say, let's click on the PSA five and what it shows you is this wonderful chart. It shows you a, you can look back three months, six months, a year, all time. You can put in a specific time frame. Like if you bought a card on a certain day and you remember that, or you have it somewhere on your spreadsheet, you can put that date in and go, well, it's grown this much since I bought it. You right. know, uh, it's a, and then it shows you all the listings from where this data is coming from. And it's not just eBay, it's all the major auction houses. Uh, there's some sales in here from heritage and golden, and this is what the last 20 or so 25, you can change 25. it to show all. Yeah, you can change it and show more of them. And it just, it just goes back in time and shows how many of these, uh, have been, you can look at all of them. And then if you want, you can even drill down and go to the link of that listing. I mean, it is incredibly powerful and robust as a tool for research if you're looking for a card. And I think it's, you guys have done an amazing job here with this. 
I, I just absolutely love it. And it just gives you so much data and you can see how cars, card prices have changed on whatever you're looking for. It's absolutely fantastic. So that's the basic way that it works. And then if you add it into your collection, uh, which that's what I've been, quite frankly, Bobby, I love the, I'm going to use it when I'm at shows and stuff, but I've really enjoyed, cause I, let me tell you where I came from and you'll hopefully appreciate this. Okay. I'm, a PS, I'm a PSA guy. So I, I use the set registry. Well, I'm going to be incredibly blunt. The SMR prices suck. They absolutely are terrible. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty much worthless. And so, and forget about how many cards don't even have an SMR price. SMR is standard, whatever market research, whatever they call it. Um, but it's, it's what they think the value is currently in the market. And it's just so outdated. It's so worthless. And I've been, I'm like, I don't have a really good way to value my collection. Like what are my top 50 cards that I own in terms of value? What are the top hundred cards that I own? And I couldn't really tell you. I mean, I could tell you kind of, but I don't know how accurate it is and how many cards are missing prices. So I said, I, there's got to be a better way. And then I was talking to a buddy who owns VC, who has a VCP subscription. And he said, you can do that on VCP. And I'm like, oh, you're kidding. And so I was then a kid in a candy store at that point, uh, paid my annual subscription fee and was off and running. And I, I love it because now I can rank them by all types. I can rank them by year and value and I can use last sold, average sold, you name it. So prolific in, in terms of what you can do with it. Oh, somebody's going crazy behind you. Yeah, I'm one of my birds. That's all right. So you built a great tool here for collectors. And I just think so many people don't even know what vintage card prices is. And they need to. Um, if you're out there and you're collecting cards and you, you need to have it, especially on the vintage side, right? Anything? No, but we cover everything up to current. I know you do. <laughs> you do. Um, for sure. And I want to talk about that, kind of how you're moving into modern. And is it the same process for modern as it is for vintage? Um, it's exactly the same process, except you know, when you're dealing in 55, there's only one set, basically 55 tops and 55 Bowman. You know, you're dealing 2018. You've got so many sets. But the problem also is, is, you can have a Panini Prism, but in 150 different colors. Right. So it's it's a lot more laborious getting that data incorrectly um, versus the you know my older stuff. The vintage is much more streamlined and easier to collect data on. So let me ask you a question about that. In terms of the data, as you're pulling data in, I don't you don't need to give away your secret, but let's say a card's listed on eBay as a, a Mickey, we'll use the Mickey Mantle, it's a five. It says PSA five, but it's really a five MC. You know, it's really a qualified card or something like that. How do you vet that data out to make sure it gets put in the right spot? Right, well, we have a software program we created. So it's basically 
simulates what eBay. I don't think eBay does it anymore, but eBay used to have it all by sections. So it was like pre-30, there was 40s baseball, 50s, 60s, 70s, so on and so forth. I don't know if they do that anymore, but we're divided up kind of that way. Um, so we have every section. We've got a baseball section, basketball, hockey, football. We have non-sports, and then we have other sports, which would be like soccer and, and boxing and whatever. Um, so we have eight people that work for VCP that do what's data entry. And everybody does their own sections. I do pre-war. I do 30s baseball. So I do all the T206s and the M172 old judges. I do all the old, old cards. And I also do 50s. I do a lot of sections. But then more employees will have one person that does basically 50 football, 60 football, and they know their sections. And when we put in and this program comes out, there are sellers that list in the titles because right now a lot of it comes in through parsing and it parses the title and auto fills it into what it thinks it's going to be, right? So a person's looking through 50s football and there's certain sellers that will list qualifiers in their title, right? And then sure. there are sellers that don't list it, try to hide the fact. So we have a way of rating sellers. So if we find a seller that doesn't list it, we can put you know a warning sign. And then anytime one of their items comes in on our sheet, it'll show all in red. So you need to look to see if what they're saying is true. You got to check for a qualifier. And then there's people that always list it and we put them as go, which means green. So they all show up in green. What about data from auction houses? When you put it in there, is it the hammer price or is it the with the juice price? It's with the juice. That's with the hammer. That's what it's called. The hammer part is what it ends up selling with the juice. Okay. I, I always think of hammer prices, what it sold for, and then you add the juice on tax and whatever. I, I consider what I paid for a card, what I wrote a check for, not. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to include the shipping part. Right. Um, in taxes, because the taxes are going to be wherever, you know, the person you that you live in. Right. So we can't put those two in. Um, on eBay, foreign currencies, when it sells in a foreign currency, we do convert it to US. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one good thing about the way we do our entry is we're getting all the cards while they're live. So that means they're currently in auction. And um, every day we get a feed, a new feed that comes in. And every day our people enter the cards and you know clear their sections out. So by getting it live with nine days left, you're now anybody on our website that create a want list, right? They're getting detailed. So anytime we add a new card in, it basically checks everybody's want list and then says, okay. And then every day, twice a day, uh, want list notifications go out that give you links to go to the site in order to bid. And this includes all the major auction houses as well. And That's we're the only one that does that. Everybody else does everything based off of ended auctions. Nobody does it live like we do. So how many employees do you have? 
Um, there's 11 of us. Yeah. 11. Wow. That's a lot of people. Well, it's a lot of cards. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. it. It is a lot of work for sure. We could eliminate most of them if we wanted to, but then our data wouldn't be very good. You know, people would be pissed off. You know, a lot of error, a lot more errors would be happening. We probably couldn't do the live side. Um, so it's, it's a lot different experience. You know, anybody can get data. You know, that's the easy part. It's what you do with the data and how good your data is. That's what makes it stand above everybody else. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, next question. So your data, you, you guys started in 06. Is that when your data starts or does it go back further? No, it starts in 06. You might see some 05. Okay. And the data is updated. It said on your website 50, every 15 minutes. Is that so if it's, if it's a regular auction, Chinese, um, once it ends, then it'll it'll post the website within 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes or roughly. If it's a bin, a buy it now or a best offer, those take longer because there's a second check that needs to go into place. And um, because eBay doesn't always show the correct price. Right. We have to go through secondary processes in order to find the right price that it did sell for. Gotcha. And um, any seller with a hundred feedback or less that sells a card for over a hundred dollars kind of gets put on limbo and we verify to make sure it really happened. Okay. Before posting. What I guess let me think of what how I want to phrase this question. Try to describe for collectors out there that are thinking, okay, I want to, this sounds really great. I want to go investigate this. What's an easy way for them to do that if they don't want to pay a subscription? Do you all have like a 24-hour subscription or something they can get? Yeah, there's 24-hour, uh, which gives you full gold access. Uh, we have monthly, which will be automatic recurring billing until you cancel. And then we have the yearly. And the yearly basically is... Uh, two months free. So you're paying like monthly is 179.90, yearly is 179.90, and uh, we're 24 hour, which is 399. But a lot of people, what they can do is for free, they can create want lists in my collection at no cost. They can basically do all the entering, set up their my collection, and then once a month, go in and pay $3.99, look at their My Collection, and it'll give them all their prices what they want to look at. Okay. Or if they want to be frugal like that, they can be. Well, I don't think that your pricing is outrageous at all. We always tell people they will save money by getting this information on hand. For and sure. Not more than what it costs for them to pay us. Um. You know, using the My Collection thing the way I do, which is, I think, one of the coolest features about it. When I will tell you, I've been like, okay, I'm, I have 3,000 PSA slabs, and I'm having to hand enter every one of them. Is there an import tool that allows someone just to, here, I'm just going to data dump all of my slabs in here. There, there's no way to do that because our sets don't match. PSA or whatever you have, right? But the best way to do it is 
is using the set page. So if okay. you have a lot of 1956 tops cards, you can go to the 56 top set page and then you click on, if you want to bring up, I'll show you an example. If you can bring it up here, can you bring up the mantle and I'll show you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, bring up that page and then I'll show you what to do. You bet. Please teach me, Obi-Wan. Not a problem. So now okay. you over here, you says set name. That's a live link. Click it. So I'm clicking now, on the 1951, but I'm drilling down for those of you that can't see that are just listening to this. I'm in that set or I'm in that card and I click on the set. Okay. So now it shows everything. Now, if you have a lot of cards of 51 Bowman, for example, scroll back up. Click on add set to my collection. Okay. So now you're going to get every card in the set, including wax packs or wax boxes or whatever else. And you can go through and edit each card individually. You know, you can click it, choose a grade, whatever, how much you paid for it. And then once you've done the whole set, you can scroll down to the bottom and it says add check to my collection. Oh, but of course, on the top, you need to create the group at first as well. That is way slicker than the way I was doing. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it makes things a lot easier. And, of course, sure. you would create a group called 51 Bowman. Right. Um, and the greatest thing is, is you can create as many groups and organize it the way you want. You know, if you want to separate it and have 51 Bowman Hall of Famers or 51 Bowman, and you can create as many groups as you want. You can do players. If you're a player collector, you can do sets. However, you know, you're only limited by your own imagination. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love it. I'm telling you guys out there, I have fallen head over heels in love with this as a tracker for your card portfolio. Again, it's just more of a curiosity for me. I just love knowing, that's all. And everything else I've seen falls so short, especially PSA set registry, that this is great. And it's got all the different, you know, if you have a, a collection that is PSA cards and SGC and all these different things, you can't keep them in one place. Well, you can here, you know, you, you can have your SGC cards with their values right next to your PSA cards or BVG cards, whatever you have. It's great. Um, so tell me about kind of the future of VCP. This is, it's wonderful now, but I know you guys have some big plans in the works and whatever you can and are willing to share, I would I would love for everybody to hear what's in the future for VCP. Okay. Well, you know, we started 14 years ago and the collector 14 years ago is a lot different than your collector today. So 14 years ago, we needed to make this site as simple, easy SS, as possible for our membership. Um, we kept the, this one site, this is before you become a member, and we had this site for 13 years, <coughs> and it was basically old technology and being held by strings. So we completely rebuilt the website because we couldn't do anything new to it. So we changed format, so now it works on you know, all browsers, it works on your phone now, um, you don't need a separate app. You can just go to your Safari on your phone, look up vintage car prices. It'll come in completely different. Um, and now, so we moved to this new structure 
spent about a year fixing everything, making sure everything's perfect. Now we're moving forward. Um, we're going to be introducing a new level, new levels of membership that are going to be more towards an investor level. So it's going to give you a lot more tools, forecasting, um, top report increases, uh, sales frequency indicators. It's going to give you a lot of tools that your normal collector wouldn't need. They just collect. So we'll have a collector level. We're going to have an investor level. Uh, when that's done, we're going to be having a dealer level. And then we're also going to have a concierge level, which are for the people that don't want to enter their own stuff or want more help from us doing it. And we'll be able to do it. Um, there's going to be a lot more toys and a lot more fun coming over time. It should start. I'm hoping middle towards the end of February, March will be the first level to come out. Okay. It'll also be a lot more robust on the want list and the uh, my collection side. Uh, it's just going to give you more information to make your decision easier, you know, to pull the trigger or make an offer. Do you anticipate at least at the collector level that you'll have to increase your subscription price a little bit? Collector level will stay the same. Okay. We're not going to change that price. Uh, we're looking the investor level is going to be a little bit more uh, because there's going to be more tools for you and more involved in getting it built. Um, we're going to make it so there's ways that people that are currently collector, they'll be able to pay for an upgrade for a day and go see what the investor level looks like. Okay. Um, it's also going to be more of a dashboard environment. So they will be able to arrange it the way they want to arrange it and see it. And it'll stay that way for them. So you've been doing this for 14 years. You've been a collector. You're, you were a collector for a really long time. Right. Do you still like cards? You know, I, I tell everybody I love collecting data. <laughs> <laughs> I collect data and images. That's what I do. But no, I, believe me, I, I get the collecting bug. And matter of fact, I just, for the first time in 14 years, I bought a bunch of, basically my daughter's a soccer player and she played on a national championship team at Williams College. And she's number 23. And we follow the U.S. women's national team. And I just bought a, 40 different cards, I believe, all U.S. Most of them were, were raw. Um, and actually my good friend, Dave Foreman over at SGC, I called him up and say, Hey, I want to get these, you know, put in slabs so we can make a display and put on the wall. He says, sure. Send them to me. I'll take care of you. So I just did that. And hopefully they're coming back soon. And this is going to be my Christmas present to her. That's but, all. You know, we got a lot of autograph stuff, got, you know, Morgan, Alex Morgan and Rapino and, and press and, and Rose Lavelle got all the different players. So it was actually, it was kind of fun. I haven't bought cards in so long. Do you go to the national every year? You know, I just moved to New Hampshire in May in May. And before that, for the past 13 years, I was living in Hawaii. So I was just too far away to make it happen. Sure. But we are planning on, you know, Part of the move was me to start doing the shows. There's, you know, the Boston show in New York, and then there's one in Washington, there's Philadelphia. We're going to start doing the show circuit and setting up and 
teaching people how to use our program. And we're right now looking at doing the national in Chicago and, nice. up and making a presence there as well. Well, it's a different show than when the last time you went, I bet. Last time I went to actually the very, very, very first national ever in Anaheim. Nice. That was the very first one. And it was a small little room. And then the last one we went to was the last one in LA. I guess it was 14 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great experience. It's just so much fun. Agreed. You meet everybody. It's nice to have face to face. You bet. You know, I know when we set up at that one, we were new, not too many people knew about us. Um, and then I heard, you know, as years went by, everybody was telling me, he goes, everybody's now using this. What's the VCP? Everybody is saying like they look on the on the show and then everybody in their displays, especially the vintage, they were all putting VCP pricing on all their slabs for sale. Yeah, it's become a it's a, it's a verb in the hobby. What's yeah. the, it's like Coke. We like in Texas, we call all sodas Coke. Right, right. If you said, hey, do you want a Coke? My answer would be what kind? You know, so do you VCP has become that type of thing. what's the VCP meaning what's the real price not what's and and it's more than just eBay sales that's what I want people to understand is you get more than just eBay completed sales data yeah we, uh, we cover all the major auction houses yeah it's huge um or do you think you'll ever get into like because Amazon selling cards and you got star stock and you got all these different things that are now selling cards do you think you'll start pulling data from them? You know, right now we're we're pulling down twenty to thirty thousand data sales a day. Um, I don't think Amazon. Most of it, you know, it's not a go-to spot for people to go buy graded cards. We only cover graded cards, right? Um, I just heard about starts card stock the other day. Is that Star right? Stock. Star stock. So I never knew about them before and I checked it out and it seems, you know, I, I'm still trying to get a grasp on it. It's not an auction format. No, it's all new stuff. And I yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's something that we need to be. I'm pretty sure the data that we're getting, we don't say we get everything. We try to get as much as we can, but you know, there's certain people will, put cards listed in the wrong area or a different section. And we just won't get the feed in for it for us to put it into our system. But, you know, people tell us about it. I probably got like 25 members at least that, you know, click on the report a problem and tell me that there's an error here where you miss this auction or that. We get, we get that all the time. So we, we try to accommodate as much as possible. Sure. Do you think, um, I just went totally blank on my question. That's a really good job of an interviewer just to forget your question. Uh, what do you think? Maybe some thoughts about, I just remembered it about the PSA sale or, you know, going private. What do you think about that? Any thoughts for, good for the hobby, bad for the hobby? Um, I think the positive, because now it's not no longer public, it's gone private. And for what I hear, this guy, Nate Turner, Nat, is it Nat? Nat, Nat Turner. Nat Turner. Um, he's pretty, he's got a pretty big time collection and he's pretty enthusiastic. I, I think there's a little, 
conflict of interest, but that's neither here or there. I don't think he's going to sell his collection like I did to start VCP, but <clears throat> I think now PSA, instead of trying to do what they're doing to make the Wall Street happy and trying to pay back their shareholders, now it's in the hands of somebody where they can just be passionate for the hobby right. instead of the dollars. And, you know, it looks like he's a tech person, so I think they're going to go towards a more automated system. Um, I would like to see that happen. I think the technology is available there. The equipment's outrageously expensive, but it can be done. But it's going to bring consistency. But still, it's not going to be able to um, detect the doctored cards. You know, that's just, you know... To be honest, I mean, they're they're so well done. Unless you do the research and find the exact same card and literally spend five, six hours researching a card and find, like, that Bowman in a PSA 3 that got trimmed and now is a 6, you know, it's you can't do it. You know, it's, yeah. that, it's that good. I think grading, future of grading is some mixed bag it's going to be some element of computers and technology and and you can't take away completely the human element of grading i think just like an umpiring or refereeing you can fix a problem if you see it on a football field for example with instant replay but you still have a person making a call and i think i think that's where it may get to uh, in the short term long term who knows what the technology brings to make it more efficient but i think they'll be able to grade a lot more cards i agree with you that it'll be better for the hobby in the long term because they don't have to appease shareholders anymore or wall street. And, uh, overall that'll be good forward. Yeah. Um, so how many, in terms of VCP back to that real quick and your, and your, it's your baby, right? How many members do you guys currently have using the site? Uh, we currently have like 73,000 members. They're not all paying members, but there's 73,000 since we started that have signed up and created logins. Unbelievable. That's all. Do you think the hobby just grows from here? Do you think it still has some legs to it in terms of the future? I think the future it's going to be, and what we're trying to gear more towards as an investment level tool. Yeah. Um, we want to make it part of, we want people to be able to go to their broker and say, I want to put my cards in my asset portfolios. And we want to be able to make that happen and say, they've got a page created on VCP and Schwab, you know, works with us. And then they can say, okay, you can put it in here. You know, if they want to get a loan against it, they're probably only going to get like a 40%, 40 to 50% loan off of their cards, but almost nobody's going to, you know, try to use their cards as leverage to get a loan, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right. So real quick, I haven't even asked you. I didn't ask you this beforehand. I'm going to ask you now and you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> What's that? Is this a surprise question? It's a surprise question, but hopefully not uh, out of line surprise question. You know, we have a lot of people that are going to be watching this and listen to this. I'd love to give somebody an opportunity to, to try out the site. Would you be willing to maybe give away a month subscription to somebody, a random listener and watcher that that I'll use and I can let you know and they can 
try it out for a minute. If it's a new person, uh, you tell them to sign up, right? Create a limited membership without paying. And then you get me their email address and then I'll upgrade them for a, for a month. That is awesome. Because uh, I think a lot of people, if you guys just try it, do the one day, do something and go try it. I think you'll be really surprised how it can enhance your, your hobby. It surprised me. And I've known about it for literally a decade. And I'm finally, I'm, I'm finally a believer so much so that I put my credit card in. You know, kind of, uh, well, we've never advertised. We've always been word of mouth. Um, we are going to be changing. Uh, we've just acquired a couple domain names. We're working on a third one. Um, but what's your VCP? It's not directed, but if you put vcpcards.com in, it'll go to our website. Um, we actually got the name. What's what's the VCP? Nice. Com. So that's not directed to the site yet, but that will be in the future. And then we're working on a third name. So we're trying to, you know, because we cover everything. We don't only cover vintage and we want to kind of, we're going to be changing the name to make it so it's more for everybody. So do you plan on changing the name of the, of the company? If, if it's no longer, cause I know y'all have tons of modern stuff on there. So it's not just vintage. And I don't want people to get the misconception that, well, I I'm talking about modern cards, investor level cards. Will it ever change to just card prices? I don't know. <laughs> well, those are taken. It's probably going to change. We're trying to get one name that we've made an offer on. We tried to get vcp.com. It's just, they won't have anything to do with it. They haven't used it for 15 years and they do nothing with it. And the people that own the name just won't reply back. So right now, we're, right now it's going to be VCP cards because everybody uses VCP. Right. You know, almost nobody says vintage car prices. Everybody says, what's a VCP? Yep. Um, that's a shorter, and that's what we're more going to be, um, using in our advertisement on our site it's going to be just showing vcp gotcha but the name will probably be right now if you go vcpcards.com you'll go right to our website great well bobby man i really appreciate you coming on the show and just having a chat with me and letting everybody kind of hear a little bit more about how vcp works and how great it can be for them so if you want to be eligible to win the free month of VCP, you need to put a comment down below of maybe what you would use VCP for and how you think it could enhance your collection. Go poke around the website. There will be a link below. If you're listening on the podcast, it's vintagecardprices.com. Or vcpcard.com. There you go. So go try it out. You will not regret it. I, I hope you just get tons and tons of joy out of being able to use that tool to enhance your hobby so again bobby thank you so much for coming on oh it was a pleasure and nice meeting you mike yeah same yeah we had never met before so this was good yeah um it's good to know it's always good to know more people in the hobby to get to know more folks so i agree 100 percent. all right well, well everybody thanks so much again for listening thanks for watching we'll talk to you soon and keep collecting <laughs>